Blockchain and data go together like peas and carrots. And when you think of all the industries that require their data to be secured, the list goes on and on. And today, we've got a special blockchain CMO segment featuring Jason Manningham, the general manager at BlockGraph, helping the world's largest TV and media companies control, connect, and safely activate their data at scale is no small task. And today, Travis and Donnie Devoren of Never Stop Marketing dive deep onto how blockchain technology allows for the fast and seamless transfer of data in a protected way blockchaining all of the things until there are no more things left to blockchainify we're glad you're here for episode number 349 of the bad crypto podcast five four three two one two who's bad I am blockchainifying all the things. This is Joel Com, and this is Travbot three thousand blockchainifying other things. The things that I do not blockchainify. That is correct because he's sometimes sloppy with his blockchainification. <laughs> That's true. And CMOs need effective blockchainification. They do indeed. Got a special segment for you today featuring our friend Donnie Devoren and Mr. Travis Wright speaking with Jason Manningham of BlockGraph and uh, excited for you to hear that. But before we get into it, quick shout out to our show sponsor. If you want to excel in the cryptocurrency markets, well, guess what? You're going to need an awesome trading app. And that's why we want to tell you about eToro. It's our favorite way to trade. It's a pretty brilliant app, and it gives you access to the world's top cryptocurrencies. You've got smart trading tools. It's easy to use. It's lightning fast. Trading fees are low. They're transparent. And let's say you want to test your trading skills. They give you a $100,000 virtual trading feature so you can kick the tires on it. You could lose it all and not shed a single tier. There's over 12 million other eToro traders around the world using the social network. Go create an account today. Find out how you can get $25 in Bitcoin for Mr. Travis Wright and myself. Time is running out for it. Badco.in forward slash eToro. Yes. Now, Mr. Joel Com, he was not here during this interview. And this is this is really interesting. Jason Manningham. I was absent for the blockchainifying of BlockGraph. That is true. But what's interesting is that Comcast has an internal innovation center, like a, like an internal startup called Freewheel. And Jason Manningham, he has been there. He's been the vice president of operations uh, for that for a long time. But then in May of 2017, he one of the projects called BlockGraph, he took the leadership on. So this is not just a, a, a crypto project. This is a crypto blockchain project built within a very large enterprise that you probably not heard about. You've heard of Comcast, but you probably haven't heard of Freewheel, and you probably have not heard of BlockGraph, and it's doing some really interesting stuff. So let's tune into that interview now, Mr. Joel Com. All right. Hey, folks, we have another blockchain CMO segment for you. I am joined by the one and only Donnie Devoren of Brave. Donnie, how are you doing? I am doing great today, Travis, and it's good to do another episode together. Another episode. Here we are. And this one is we have a very interesting guest with us today. We have Jason Manningham, who is the general manager of BlockGraph. BlockGraph is, I believe, a subsidiary of a company called Freewill, which is also a subsidiary of Comcast. So there's lots of subsidiaries here. I'm a subsidiary of Donnie. 
Donnie is a subsidiary of <laughs> no. And what's great is is Jason. He was a business operations guy over at MTV. He did strategy and, and operations over at AOL, and he's done a lot of really interesting things over at Comcast and Freewheel. Uh, Jason Manningham, welcome to Bad Crypto slash Blockchain CMO. Thanks, Travis. Great to be here. Awesome. So, so maybe for folks who don't know, like maybe tell us a little bit about. Free will and how free will and block graph, maybe what is that? How does it all work together? And and what's the, the Comcast tie-in? Maybe just give us some some backstory. Great. So Freewheel is the advanced advertising group within Comcast advertising. And Comcast, as you probably know, is one of the world's largest media and entertainment companies, owning Comcast Cable, NBC Universal, Sky internationally. Freewheel is the division within Comcast that provides advertising technology to buyers and sellers of premium video and television advertising. So it creates a marketplace and a uh, ad platform for all participants in the TV ecosystem. BlockGraph is something that we have been incubating to date within Freewheel focused on providing a alternative and a better way to access audience insights necessary for planning, targeting, and reporting um, for the future of TV. Got it. And so how did you, like, what was the original challenge that you saw? And yeah. as we kind of segue to talking a little bit about blockchain, why would this technology even come into the, the, the meeting room? Yeah, it's a great question. I think if you kind of go back a couple of years ago, we were kind of realizing some major trends that were going on within the advertising ecosystem. And the two biggest trends were a shift from content-based buying in advertisers into more audience-based buying of um, advertisers' spend. So what that means, kind of simply speaking, is that advertisers wanted to get more sophisticated with the audiences that they were trying to reach and then actually determine whether or not ad spend was effective. And underpinning all of that was data. Um, so that was the other macro trend that we were realizing um, was impacting the industry. And those two trends had largely benefited digital platforms who had tremendous amounts of data at their disposal and they had walled gardens where advertisers could ultimately go find users optimize their spend, and uh, actually target a specific audience. Television had historically been a tremendous marketing vehicle for brands who are looking to reach audiences at scale in an efficient way and then do it in really high-quality, immersive experiences. So TV was really good at one part of advertising, but historically had been limited with data. So our kind of challenge was to help TV as an industry, as a platform, apply some of the similar capabilities that you saw in digital around data, but do it in a way that's really respectful of uh, the various parties involved in the ecosystem. And I think the biggest reason why we were drawn to blockchain and blockchain-like systems was that in TV, there, there's a different supply chain than digital. In TV, you have distributors of content, video distributors, multi-channel uh, multi video programming distributors, or MVPDs as we call them here in the U.S. So the, the folks who actually distribute content to audiences, 
you have people who sell ads. Sometimes those are the same parties, but sometimes it's a TV network, a content owner, and then people who are actually trying to reach specific customers. And they're each uh, necessary in this value chain for planning, targeting, and measuring delivery. But they all have their own data, and that data is really important to them. It's such a sensitive asset. They don't want to share it with one another. So we needed a way to connect those audience insights without having to centralize the data. Um, So blockchain was a tool that we recognized being really, really valuable in that exercise. So the blockchain, you guys are using this on the, and and I'm reading through your website. And one thing you said, you guys are building this based on sharing and privacy and security. And you are able to get all this information about these third party users, but you're not sharing that underlying data with third parties. And so you're basically just sharing the insights that you find about this user, but not necessarily the user. Are we still using cookies or is it using something, is it using something totally different? Yeah, it's completely cookie-less. So if you think about um, the nature of advertising, there are different identifiers that can represent an audience. And being able to map those together without actually exposing the underlying data or what you know about that person or or audience member is a a challenge that blockchain and uh, blockchain-like technology, so kind of some of the ingredients in the blockchain cake are really valuable at doing. So things like hashing, using cryptography to match data without having to actually share the underlying data is something that you know we we were able to to apply in the in the ecosystem so uh, what it allows is companies to use these cryptographic techniques to match data with other participants in this ecosystem this closed ecosystem and allow them to share insights once they've matched users Got it. That makes a lot of sense. So, can you talk about? Um, so, I'm a current advertiser, when kind of you know, a marketer or an agency, and I say this is great. Um, I want to use this private, anonymized information for for targeting purposes. What's the process? Um, how would somebody engage with you, and and how quickly or or how long does it take um, to actually activate? I guess the the simplest way to think about this is. We, BlockGraph, have created software that organizations will license and run within their own systems. And that software allows them to to participate in this network. So once they join our network, they get access into the software. And a marketer who has an audience segment that they want to size across multiple distributors can upload that segment into their own node of our system, and then the software will do all the anonymization. Once it's been anonymized, they can send that segment over our secure network for matching with other participants who have provisioned access for that particular advertiser to size that audience. So it's all rights enabled, and it allows the actual advertiser to Um, plan that audience across multiple distribution points, all in an automated way. And to answer your question, once you've set up this system and uploaded your data into the system, those match counts are returned in near real time. So for a couple, couple million user count, that's coming back in a matter of minutes. So it's, it's a really vast improvement on the way onboarding and matching is done today. 
Yeah, like how long does it take today? And what's like who what's who's the alternative to do what you're doing now and how long do they take? Yep. So in today's world, if you wanted to do a match across different data sets and different um, participants, everyone would have to agree to a common onboarder. And that common onboarder would have access to the actual data from each of those different participants. Uh, And the advertiser, the distributor, the TV network, the measurement provider, etc., And they would access the data, they would match it together, and they would provide back the synthetic IDs or anonymized IDs. That usually takes a couple of days. Um, So we're kind of going, and that may not seem like a lot, but when you're doing hundreds of campaigns a year, those days quickly add up and they can really impact cycle times for trying to get a campaign live. So we're cutting that process down from a couple of days into minutes. Uh, So fast efficiency improvement. That's amazing. Now, I remember a couple of years ago, I was watching a basketball game. It was game seven of some NBA uh, matchup. I don't know, it was some playoff And I remember as soon as the game was over, the very first ad was like a diaper ad or a children's food ad. The next ad was a women's hygiene product. And then the next ad was like a gay chat. And I was like, good Lord, like the targeting on this is just completely horrible. None of these, none of these are relevant to me at all. So now, now here we are in, in 2019, moving on 2020 and is, is platforms like yours, are you showing individual ads to different TV devices? Like we're not going to be seeing the same commercials. Is, are you guys basically able to make TV ads more intelligent? Yeah, I think that's the underlying promise of what we're building in concert with a number of other technologies on the addressability front. Um, so we're certainly not solving all of those challenges that go in from identifying the audience to actually delivering the appropriate personalized creative. Um, but what we are providing is the infrastructure for uh, kind of that reconciliation of the target to the actual audience. Um, but yeah, the, the overall premise here is to allow more personalization, better advertising um, for all households um, and be able to, to kind of allow marketers to be more prescriptive in the audiences that they want to reach all in a way that doesn't compromise on any of the security or privacy. You, you mentioned, you know, the ability to save time versus what's out there and, and it's more private, but how does a marketer like measure success? Like that, 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 this worked out well. And maybe the second part of that question is, you know, what type of use cases or case studies do you have so far where it's like, yeah, we, we nailed it. We, we did a great job with this. Yeah. So in terms of how a marketer measures success, it's very much dependent on the marketer and even within the marketer dependent on the campaign. Um, So I think there are some campaigns that are optimized around building a brand and kind of being efficient and reaching an audience. Uh, So being able to measure unique reach and those types of capabilities. And then there are other marketers or other campaigns that are more focused on driving performance. Um, So there's kind of that full funnel, the classic marketing funnel that advertisers are managing and it's campaign specific. Uh, but, but kind of what those ultimate goals are, they're trying to build a brand and ultimately reach the right audience with the right message, deliver the right creative and drive the right behaviors, whether that's a kind of brand uplift or purchase um, or store visit, website visit, et cetera. It really depends on the objective. But underpinning all of that is being able to tie those data sets together, the actual audience target, 
with the actual performance outcome and do that in a way that's reliable, but doesn't compromise on any of the actual underlying PII or private data. So that's what our system is allowing those parties to come together and match data um, and the insights from those data sets in a secure uh, fashion that is aggregated, that doesn't expose any of the underlying um, insights. So I have a question around your your block graph technology, right? So I'm I'm going through. It looks very handy. It looks like it's it looks like it could be very valuable for for Comcast. Now, are you going to maybe make this available for Disney and ABC and NBC and Universal and all those other companies that aren't maybe necessarily connected to Comcast? And I might have said some that already actually are connected to Comcast. But I mean, it seems to me you're building a really cool platform. Are you going to make? Are you just holding on to it like this is our precious? Thing? Are you going to? No. Are you going to share? <laughs> Great question, Travis. No, I think from day one we built this with the ecosystem in mind. TV, and this is Freewheel's core uh, focus, is how do you get television to act as a platform? So to get all of the parties involved, the content owners, the distributors, to come together and transact on television as a platform. And Blockgraph is no different than that. We're really focused on providing this solution to all parties in the TV ecosystem. Folks on the MVPD side, like Comcast, Charter, Cox, etc. Folks on the content side, like NBC, Viacom, all of the, the traditional parties on the TV network side. And then on the advertiser agency side, high quality data providers and advertisers themselves who have some data that they need to activate across the ecosystem. So we're providing a platform that is agnostic and available for the entire ecosystem. Uh, and we've gotten a lot of interest and adoption already, even in our kind of early stages of pilots. And we only expect that to grow. We should have some exciting announcements here coming in the next coming month. Okay. So now you're you're gonna maybe let ABC and ESPN and Disney use it and all these other now is each one of those uh data silos are they are they silos of data? Like am I gonna be able to pull insights from people who are maybe watching some Disney properties or watching some ESPN properties, but not I'm not getting their unique identifier, but maybe I'm able to gain the insights of that user and their and I know they're using their mobile phone and I know what their 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 code is on their phone. Are are you able to track users through the different networks and platforms or is each one its own little sort of individual silo? So each one of these companies has complete autonomy and control over their insights. And this is a rights enabled solution. So they can determine the uses and the, the parties that are involved in accessing insights uh, across their, their own garden. What we're providing is the ability to connect those and to provide the foundations for the, the appropriate questions to be asked to the appropriate parties. And then if those parties want to answer those questions around, you know, for this audience of a thousand truck enthusiasts, what is their average kind of uh, exposure count in your footprint? This system will allow them to do that. So we, we don't recommend sharing individual data, nor does our system facilitate it. But what it does allow is the ability to ask questions uh, amongst each other for aggregated insights. That makes sense. You had mentioned uh, pilots and testing right now. Can you talk about your, you know, where you are in your life cycle? So if I'm working for an agency or a marketer and I say, 
this sounds great. Like I, I actually want to use this for, for, for my matching of, of data. Can I access BlockGraph today or what's the date where anybody or any advertiser can use it? Yeah, so we're actually actively rolling out a series of pilots across the advanced TV ecosystem. So MVPDs, uh, TV networks, TV resellers, uh, agencies and advertisers. So if there's an advertiser or agency who's interested, you know, we would love to consider them as part of our pilot program. So we're actively testing this technology, putting kind of our case studies together. And we've done a series of proof of concepts here internally at Comcast and NBC um, to validate it. And now we're rolling it out to the broader ecosystem. A lot of names to follow in the coming months. That's it's fascinating stuff. Now, so the audience for this show, Bad Crypto, or there could be all kinds of different folks, developers and some people in advertising. But as we spin this off into its own platform and its own show, the blockchain CMO, which will have its own channel, there's going to be more and more, you know, agencies and CMOs listening to this show. And so if you maybe had the opportunity to give them a shout out and, and tell them why BlockGraph and why Freewheel is the solution they need to be checking out. Now's your chance. What, what, what would you tell those folks? Yeah, I think if you believe that in, there will be a continued focus on audience-based media, so buying, planning, measurement, et cetera, and you want a better, faster, and more sustainable way to activate your data, then I think BlockRap is the way to do it. Um, and we are very much eager to do this across the advanced TV ecosystem because we see that as the biggest pain point. And I think brands who are both data-driven and care a lot about high-quality, immersive experience and brand safety, uh, I think this is the perfect solution for you. That's great. And so you talked a lot about advanced TV. Obviously, there's a whole world outside of TV. TV yeah. is one of the areas where our whole advertising ecosystem is really focused on CTV and OTT and, and, yep. and, and that. But obviously, you know, display and, and regular video, um, millions or billions of dollars being spent there. When is the day or does this translate to more traditional digital media? Yeah, it's a great question. We are focused for now um, on the advanced TV ecosystem and all of the platforms that you mentioned, linear TV, data-driven linear, data-driven, addressable um, and connected TV, OTT, et cetera. So more premium, long-form content where we see there being a big need and there's frankly a, a big market opportunity there. Um, when it comes to the broader digital ecosystem, you know that's certainly something we're thinking about, but not in the foreseeable future, likely not in the coming, the coming months uh, will that be a core focus. But uh, Certainly see that as a need as well, as advertisers are really trying to reach uh, their audience in an omni-channel way. Obviously, those audiences are not just in the TV ecosystem, but we think that's a huge pool of audience and a big need in the ecosystem. So we're staying focused there for the time being. How did BlockGraph get created? I mean, because, I mean, you're at a big, big conglomerate like Comcast. That's huge. I, I use them for my cable, for my for my home security. And, you know, it's like... I just moved to a new to a new condo, and so I got set up with comp. It's been great so far. But how how did you know you guys were sitting around there inside Freewheel, and all of a sudden, like, how did you guys say, "Hey, this blockchain thing"? Like, how did that rabbit hole even happen? And how did you guys, you know, agree? Because a lot of companies are scared of blockchain, and here you guys are grabbing the bull by the horns and creating this ecosystem that's creating smart you know, TV advertising. This is great. How did that even come about? 
Yeah, I think we we saw a couple of big needs in the ecosystem, and we we wanted to take a leadership position because we saw it as, uh, frankly, a really important and um, almost existential thing to the health of the TV advertising ecosystem. So we didn't want to wait for some startup to come build it ourselves, but we understood that this needed to be kind of built like a startup with the speed of a startup. So we created an innovation team um, within FreeReal that was actually running exclusively focused on Block Graph, uh, incubated it to date, and actually have been having a series of conversations with a number of parties around, um, you know, broader participation in this kind of venture of Block Graph moving forward. So, um, you know, we had support from very senior levels within the Comcast organization to fund this as an incubation initiative have been building it internally with a team of product and engineers, uh, world-class focused on this exclusively, and then are actively going to market and driving adoption of the platform. So just great leadership um, all the way through the organization um, and you know a, a history of innovation and entrepreneurship within the freewheel division. So um, born at the right place at the right time with the right leadership, and we've um, we've been really excited to build it. It's so meta. It's a startup within a startup within a mega corporation. It's a series of uh, nesting dolls. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure that brings its own challenges being under that corporation, not being a true startup, but like, how have you leveraged, um, you know, the, the free wheel and Comcast to, to do what you're doing now? Has it, has it actually given you the ability to go faster? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's have, it's certainly given us the ability to go faster. And then I think it's actually slowed us down in the right area. So Comcast has uh, a really stringent set of policies and requirements around, making sure that data is used securely. Uh, and I think that it's helped us build a really sound product that we'll be offering to other customers as well. So I think that has been a true blessing, having the resources internally to do a lot of proof of concepts before we put anything out into the wild. Um, so I think that's really been a blessing that most startups wouldn't be afforded. Uh, and I think Freewheel's strong kind of position within the the TV, advanced TV ecosystem across buyers and sellers has been a really big blessing too, because this has helped us develop quickly the right relationships with the right parties um, and to to really validate in a quick way whether or not BlockGraph had legs and we're seeing a lot of early promise. So the freewheel position has been um, a tremendous asset as well as we built this. So let's let's get some clarification here on this because you, we've talked a lot about block graph, but I don't necessarily know that we know exactly how it works or what it works. And so you're using blockchain somehow. Is there a cryptocurrency involved with it? Like our advertisers have to buy some tokens to make it work. Like how how does blockchain work within the whole block graph ecosystem? Yeah, that's a great question. I think one of the things that a lot of people that are not 
crypto enthusiast or blockchain enthusiast don't realize is that blockchains are actually a series of component technologies. So you can think of blockchain as a cake and then there's various ingredients, things like distributed databases, hashing and cryptography, uh, the ability to create this immutable ledger that is all peer-to-peer networking. It's all powered by a series of component technologies. So what we did is we looked at which of those makes sense for the solution we're trying to build, which is this rights-controlled audience layer for TV. And we assembled them into a blockchain-like system for matching data uh, and powering television's identity layer. But what our our system does not provide for identity is a a full end-to-end blockchain. So there's no crypto cryptocurrency involved in our system. And the blockchain element is actually part of the ledger. So we're using blockchain in the future for tracking rights and usage of data, not the actual data itself, because we need the ability to remove records uh, and manage preferences. So ultimately, we're applying blockchain-like concepts for matching data, and then we intend to use a blockchain down the line for accounting, so being able to keep track of who used which data elements uh, for billing and purposes. So I think a lot of blockchain-like technologies, but um, I think it's important to note we're not putting identity on a blockchain. We don't think that works for various reasons. That makes a lot of sense. And so uh, how can people learn more if they want to be one of your testers or do a, a pilot? Yeah, so blockgraph.co is our website. Uh, would be There's a couple of links there for information. We have a white paper available, um, some thought leadership we did a couple of months back around some attitudes and needs towards data-driven TV. Um, and we're really excited to, to hear from all of, your, uh, all of your audience. Awesome stuff. Jason Manningham with blockgraph.co. Great stuff. Any final words for of, of guidance or wisdom for the blockchain and, or CMOs out there who are trying to navigate the space? Yeah, I think the, the one thing that I'll say is we're still in the early innings, but there's a lot of promise. And uh, I think with the, the right innovative marketers uh, that are looking to, to roll out some proof of concepts and pilots, we're, we're ready. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you. Mr. Travis Wright, you do great interviews, even without me. I'm I'm continually impressed at your ability to ask engaging, great questions. You are nearly obsolete, Mr. Joel (laughs) Com. I need to upgrade to the Joel Bot 3001. (laughs) Once you become fully operational, you too will have great questions. You know, when I'm fully operational, I won't even need to be blockchainifying anymore. I will be fully blockchainified myself. Oh, man, that's exciting. I appreciate the kind words. It's it's weird doing all these interviews in the blockchain CMO stuff without you, though, Mr. Jokam. Uh, but it's very interesting topics, I think. There's some really interesting people out there do, using blockchain in unique ways. And that's why we're here, to explore all of that good stuff. And these particular are are really interesting for marketers and people who are maybe a CMO within an organization and how blockchain and some of these projects can impact them. So they need to pay attention. 
disruption is indeed coming. And speaking of disruption, our other sponsor for this episode, MobiPay, is disrupting the crypto world with their MobiPay ecosystem. Basically, you've got uh, applications that will let you spend or send money, dirty fiat, and digital currency worldwide from your mobile phone in seconds. And get this, even if you don't have a bank account, Mobi supports cashback programs on purchases with their MobiCoin. It's an integrated reward and payment token connecting all fiat and major cryptos directly to a global retail marketplace. Lots of really interesting news coming from MobiPay. We are advisors with this project and we advise them to let us tell you to go to MobiPay.io and claim $10 worth of their MBX token. If you haven't done it yet, it's super easy. Do it from your mobile phone, MobiPay.io. And hey, guess what, folks? It is near the end of the year. You're, you're tuning into this right now. The year is almost over, and this is going to be one of your last chances to swap your old bad coin for the new bad coin. The old bad coin chain's going away. We've given you, I think, at this point, eight, nine months to finally go and grab your, your, your bad coin. And so you're going to want to go to badcoin.net. Click up at the top. It's going to say bad coin swap. You're going to click that, go through the process. Very, very easy to do, but make sure you pay attention to the process. Set yourself. It's, it, it literally will take you less than five, 10 minutes to do it. It won't take you long. And then you get that new, the new bad coin and the old bad coin is going to go away. And because there's new stuff happening with the new bad coin, there are, there are also some rumors, Mr. Jocom, that there is maybe an association in the works. There's some people out there doing some great things, some possible things maybe looking really awesome for the year 2020, which is why the chapter must be closed on the old bad coin as we start anew in 2020. So get her done. What are you doing? What are you waiting for? Badcoin.net. Get her done. 2020 is going to be awesome. And it's just around the corner. Lots of great content on your way as we head into the year. And I, all I'm going to say is, as we get ready to enter that new year, make sure you are prepared, my friends, to stay bad. The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto, LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoins and and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor. Also, a blockchain of fire. I have not been completely programmed yet. We get so I am uncertain. Date. I am uncertain. I thought you were going to say I'm uncircumcised. <laughs> <laughs> I am not yet circumcised. My robotic penis is not yet complete. <laughs> My metallic foreskin gets in the way. <laughs>
Let, we can't do this. We can't do this on a black page <laughs> CMO episode. That's not right. We can't do that. It's not, it's not, oh, quite, oh it's not quite CMO worthy. <laughs> Pretty funny, though. Pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> my penis is not quite ready for prime time <laughs> my penis is still in beta who's that